but it really is how well do we lead ourselves? So you're going to be able to love more, lead better, and live fully, not just for yourself, but for all those around you. And that's just going to make the world a better place. The podcast hosted by Joe Dietrich, Joe on the Mic, Leader Talk, tackles various leadership strategies that cover self-development, self-leadership, including spiritual and physical health of leaders. This podcast will feature guests ranging from military leaders, thought leaders, health and nutrition leaders, spiritual leaders, nonprofit leaders, and many more. All right, guys, we are here on our next episode, and I'm so glad to have Deb Barnett with us today. I'm so excited. And uh, you know what? We met like a year ago uh, through uh, some some challenges uh, online, you know, trainings and stuff like that. And you know what? Uh, I just we just saw just some brightness and shining light in Deb. And then we found out later on why, because she's like she's a champion. She is just a champ, not just a champion as an Olympian or a medalist, but she is a champion in her character champion and how she loves people and how she wants to equip people and grow people. Um, but let me go ahead and just uh, introduce her real quick and, and do a short bio and bring her on. Uh, Deb Burnett is a founder and CEO of Discover the Olympian Within. I love that. For the past three and a half decades, she has been, she used her personal athletic adventures her master's in sports uh, psychology to coach, teach, and to speak to athletes of all ages, levels of competition, and across multiple sports. Deb has the unique experience of having both competed and coached at the international level, plus involvement in sport associations in four different countries and two different hemispheres, Canada and Australia, <laughs> with over a decade as an athlete, uh, elite athlete, including two Olympic Games, three World Cup tournaments, plus her uh, multifaceted understanding of team environments. Deb is a tremendous asset for any athlete, coach, sporting organization. I would even say any organization because of her skill sets. Deb is passionate and determined to help athletes, coaches take their game to the next level. This shines through her, through her work in the enthusiastic, encouraging, and empowering way she coaches and presents. Deb, thank you for coming on. You're so awesome. Thanks thank you. Thanks for coming me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to be here, Joe. Yes, and thank you for getting up so early in the morning. Uh, you know, <laughs> you told me you're at six in the morning in Australia, and I was like, whoa, okay, well, you know what? What, what a way to start the day, you know? So, so Deb, um, you've done all this. You've coached people. You've been at the Olympics. You've been in World Tournament, World Cup tournaments, you know. And and like I said before, I was like, how does how does somebody wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm gonna be an Olympic athlete and I'm gonna go and compete? Can can you give us a little background about about how you began? Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm Canadian, born and raised, and sort sort of in a nutshell, I'm Canadian, born and raised. Um, I married an American. We had a boy in Canada. We had a boy in the uh, United States. And then we moved to New Zealand for a little bit and Australia now for the last nine years. Um, so our boys have actually been in the Southern Hemisphere more than they've been in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, so that's kind of a, a big thing. So I've moved myself over 14 times, not in the military. 
Um, so my parents were young. They started having a family with me while in high school. And we moved around small town Canada, Western, primarily Western Canada. And um, my way of, so I was the new kid in town always. Oh. New kid at school, new kid on the block, right? And like everyone else knew your name, but you had to figure out everybody else's name. You're trying to figure out, you know, one, who am I, let alone who are all these other people. And I was told uh, numerous times by my relatives that I came out of my mother's womb running and I just never stopped. And so my gifting, one of the things that God gave me was a, a talent and gifting for movement. And as I did, that was athleticism. And so for me, the way I found to fit in when I got places was on the playground, in the sport fields, ice arenas, and in the gymnasium. So I would go and I loved to compete. Like, and I really enjoyed competing against older kids because that mm. was more of a challenge. And I, as I, my memory is, it was mostly playing boys. <laughs> and so beating boys was fun for me. Um, and, and I mean, I, I, mean, I whatever team was practicing, whether it was men's, women's, kids, I was out there and that I lived for, you know, recess time and phys ed class and the sports after school and anything on the weekend. So that was my way to fit in. Now, having said that, physically very gifted. Now, if you look at my mental, emotional maturity and spiritual maturity at that point, not so good. I was a poor loser. And so I, you know, hot tempered, called kids names, especially if I couldn't remember their real name. Um, you know, it's all these behaviors that as a mom, I prayed my kids, oh, you know, don't behave that way. And luckily, partly because of my training and the growth that I went through, they are much better out on the sports field than I was at that, that particular age. So lucky for me, there's kind of two things that happened. So right around grade six, we moved again to a community. So I'm that little bit older. I, there's still this struggle. I'm still doing it on the sport field and at the playground. And there's this, something happens at school. And it was always, I don't know if you had this frame, but I'll meet you at the bike racks after school. Everyone would gather and there'd be this fight, right? So, so at grade six, I still had one of those, you know, embarrassing moment, life moment. Um, but Again, just that little bit older. And there was one kid, Patty Claus, came up to me in class and said, or before at the start of the school year, and she said, are you Deb Covey? And I was kind of like, no, because as a new kid, you know, I, I thought, what is she, why is she saying that? And she goes, oh, I just thought she might need a friend. And I just melted because that's the first time anyone, when I'd moved, had sort of come. And again, grade six, you're starting to be a little bit more mature hopefully and and yeah. so I was like okay I went actually I am and I do want a friend there's I started to get friends a bit better that were it wasn't just around sport and there was also teachers who saw the potential in me like our my phys ed teacher primarily but who saw the potential in me beyond the bad behavior saw the physical gifts and kind of went we're going to challenge this kid. So at school, it became not about me competing against other kids, which is what had, it had been all about, right? It became about competing against myself. And then in 1976, Summer Olympic Games are being televised on TV and Canada is the host country. And so I'm now 13. So I'm a little bit older, at four, going on 14. 
and I'm watching for two weeks. I'm sitting, I'm watching all this. And there's these athletes competing in sports. I didn't even know were sports and all these countries and some are poor. Some aren't even wearing shoes and you're hearing about their training, how they go about training. And I'm just watching them compete. And there's this camaraderie at the same time, that they're pushing each other to be the best. And like, you know, other kids, we, they talk about stuff that they were seeing. But for me, there was all of a sudden my idea of sport went from being this little pea pod in small communities and what you do for sport. And it became that there's sport in the world and that you can do it at this really high level. And for me, I just, I, one day my dad said, I got up off the couch and I went, I'm going to be Olympian. And he's kind of looked at me and went, okay. You know, and it's not like we really talked about it, but all of a sudden when I got to school, I listened to the coaches and the teachers in a different way. And when they brought new skills in, I remember our volleyball coach came back and he'd done education over to learn more about how to coach. And he came back and showed us imagery. And that opened up this other side of my training. So not just the physical part of it, which I loved and did and excelled at, but there was this now psychological, mental, emotional part of it. And I was just like, wow. And I just took that and ran on my own with that for a while. And then, uh, so I mean, so in 1976, I got that Olympic dream, right? Now, no idea what sport, but just kind of kept, I played everything. I was good at everything that I played. Um, got to a few sports at provincial level in Canada with high school teams, went to uni played volleyball because that's where I'd been most successful with my little hometown. Right. And I get there. And so I'm five foot three playing volleyball with people that are kind of five, 10 to six, one on average, like the next person to me was a five, six, but then the next was, you know, five, 10. So it was kind of like, you know, this big gap played very well at in my third year. I was female athlete of the year for the whole university and so I was looking at trying out for the national team because that's the next progression, right? So and you were you were athlete of the year in volleyball? Yeah. At 5'3? Yeah. Now, that's yeah. something that look, that's something I want to highlight real quick. <laughs> <laughs> because look, I mean, we've seen it, you and I have seen that before. People think a limitation or a perceived limitation, because you would think volleyball, you got to be good height you got to have arm reach and everything else like that to be a good volleyball player but you were five three you you noted that there are people that were way higher than you but you were still athlete of the year you know so i want people to get that teachable moment right there real quick because to me that's a big deal just like spud uh, spud webb you know yeah. he was he he was the, one of the shortest guys in basketball but he was a champion yeah. no one can stop him so you're kind of the spud web of the volleyball. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I I, yeah. I want to make sure. And I got so that. the other teachable moment with that is okay. So as you know, if you go oh volleyball, you probably three. How far are you going to go? And so I got to the point where I'd done really well at the university level, and now to make the next jump. And so at the junior national team trials, and partly my volleyball coach knew me and knew my dreams. And so her, the talk that she had with the national team coach was, they came out and they go, like, we put you on this team because you're, you're talented enough, but your role would be as a back row specialist. 
your character qualities are such that you would be captain, probably because of your leadership. But we're questioning your ability to play that role. We don't think you'd be happy. You've got the heart of an Olympian in you. And so for you to sit on the bench to come in as a role player and you would do the job, you have the capabilities to do be that backward specialist. And at the time, this is what I heard. My volleyball coach, we don't want, I don't want you anymore. Like you need to go pick another sport, right? Cause I'm like, I still had a couple of years of eligibility to play volleyball. And so I'm thinking, what, what? And you know, so you go away and you think about it for a little bit. And I had done a little bit of field hockey um, as cross training, because as a Canadian, you grew up with stick skills because you play ice hockey from the time you're two, right? All right, so I already had the stick skills and I shot right-handed. And so as a cross training for volleyball in the winter, I played some indoor hockey and loved it because um, you know I love any sport. And without kind of knowing, I don't know that I knew how good I was at that point at that. But Therese had talked to the field hockey coach and said, how is she at field hockey? Because this kid should be playing a higher level. We just got to get her in the right sport. And so that's when with discussion with them was that then that started the next season of uni, I played field hockey. So that was 1983. So I played that season. So September through October, we played and into November, we played, I played field hockey. Um, the coach arranged for us to have the national coach come in and run a Christmas camp to kind of look at the talent in Alberta. And then when that camp was over, the coach invited me to a training camp, national coach invited me to a training camp in Eastern Canada as they were preparing for the Olympic Games, 1984 Olympic Games. And she said, you're 20 already, 21. You've got some talent. If you're going to make the team, we need to put you, we want to test you now and figure out, are you the real deal? Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was in, yeah, I'm all in. So I went to that three weeks of training with them. I just had the time of my life. And I mean, that's not straightforward. I'm coming in. These are a, a squad of kids trying to make the Olympic team and they've been doing it for a long time. I've been doing it for four months, you know, kind of thing, playing outdoor game. And, um, so, you know, there's some things that come along with that and being able to handle that. But at the end of that, I remember sitting down with the coach coming in sort of my, your exit meeting and going, I had so much fun at this. Thank you so much for the experience. I hope that you felt that it was worthy of your time. And she said, well, here's how worthy of my time I feel it is. And she handed me a piece of paper. And I was one of three kids named to the backup squad for the 1984 Olympic team. Whoa. So that April, I got to go away with the team to do some pre-training in L.A. Um, everyone stayed healthy, so I got to watch things from home. Um, but then after that point, from that point on, I made this senior team, and I played through till 1994 World Cup. Um, yeah, so the dream started, kind of Olympic dream in 1976, became a reality in 1988 when I stepped on the field and in uh, Seoul, Korea. And then again in 1992, when I got to go for Barcelona. Mm. So um, that's super awesome. And it was, you know, because of mentors who saw beyond the bad behaviors in the early days and that started to give me mental and emotional skills 
to, that I could train alongside my physical skills. And then, you know, after I got done playing, I got into elite coaching with our junior, uh, junior national program, our provincial program, both the elite programs there, which are kind of like, you know, similar to the States, Canada, similar to the States. Over here, it's kind of like their state programs to in terms of level. So elitist level as you can be in Canada. And then got married, had kids, and started coaching all the grassroots stuff. And I mean, even while as a player in Canada, I was always involved coaching a younger age team. And then I was provincial program coordinator for a bit. So involved any hockey that was field hockey that was happening in Alberta, I was some way involved in it. All right, folks, time for a sponsor break. Hey, everybody, don't forget to like and subscribe, comment, send me a DM if you like this episode and share it with your friends. Again, share it with your friends. This is a good leadership stuff that everybody needs to know. Visit my website at joedetree.com, joedetree.com to learn more about me. And uh, if you want a free coaching call, hey, Go to my website, sign up for a complimentary coaching call. I'd love to sit down with you and help you figure out how to make 2021 the best year ever. All right, back to our episode. So while the physical part of my game is definitely taking a change, the thing that's so nice about the mental, emotional, spiritual skills, and I call it MESS, M-E-S-S, right? Mental, emotional, spiritual skills, is that you you keep training those and those can get better and those impact not just like my sporting life but how I come into marriage how I did parenting how I do friendship when I'm at work like how am I with my boss or colleagues and or and and now with this you know my discover the Olympian within how am I moving forward with that and so it's about that this mess package and taking that to to more people wow 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 and and one of the things Man, there's so many gold nuggets out of what you've just told us. And I, and I love the points that, that you, you put in your story about how it was important for mentors and coaches along the way that, yeah, you had raw talent. You, had a, you, you loved being out there, being competitive. But one of the things that I got out of, of what you're telling us is that competitiveness is good. Having the energy and, and the the, the vigor to, to, to compete is good, but if you don't have some mentors or coaches to refine you, to point you in the right direction, because you said multiple times, like, look, this girl has a lot of energy. She has, a, she has a lot of talent, but we need to find what sport it is that she, will, she can gauge and refine all her energies into a certain sport to excel in. And sometimes there, there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of talent, right? Oh, they, 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 they're they're, they're so like many. breaming with talent, ideas and things to do, but they don't get some, a coach or a mentor to help refine them. And like you said, you are, you're going, yeah, any sport. Yeah. You're, you're doing anything. You love sports, but until you found somebody to say, look, man, you're, you're actually good over here. Then you went actually on and you, you went to the Olympics, you went to the, the World Cup tournaments and competed against the elites and overcame. And, mm-hmm. and it, I don't, would you, do you think personally, would you have gotten there if you just did it on your own? 
oh, there's no way, no way. <laughs> Especially because I, as a, I wasn't, you know, when I think back to that emotional reactive kid in a competition and um, I would, I remember a, a basketball coach cause I was seeing red, like I forget what, the kid followed me or something. And the coach just came over and grabbed me and made me look him in the eye because I'm just, he's trying to, and I'm like fuming, right? And I'm just, I'm going to go get the ball. I'm going to get it. And I'm not thinking about teammates. I'm not thinking about anything. And he just goes, you just need to calm down. And I need you to focus on your job. And I was, I'm kind of thinking, but, 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 you know, and, and it was so easy for me to go off on those tangents. And then not, and so I'm not a great teammate. I'm not coachable. And if you're not those things, you're not going to go to the elite level because you don't. And, and in some ways, people hear my story and went, whoa, you only played, you know, four or five months of outdoor hockey. And then you made the, the you know, backup squad to the Olympic team. And you kind of, but I had all this other prep before that in other sports. So my athletic ability had been trained and like, you know, how to do weights and how to do speed training and, you know, and, and my, my determination to do technical skill training. And like I said, at that point, I listened to the coaches. And when they said, do this, this, and this, I picked up all those cues. Like I was good at that. Like I was a student at that. Right. But it's then taking the emotional skill. And as you watch now with the current Olympics that are going on and these athletes have been through so much, some of them would not be here because they were a year ago, they weren't ready. Some of them were ready a year ago and they've hung on and it's maybe just a bit too much. And then the pressure of trying to do it through COVID has just played a whole different um, chaos on everyone involved, right? And so you see now more than any other Olympics, more talk, more talk about mental health. Right. And sport has always been a world that's talked about the mental part of their game. And athletes have talked about, I've been seeing this for years. This me standing on the podium, I've imagined that for years and getting into the tough situation, being the player that's counted on to take the last shot. I've been living that in my mind over and over and in my practices and preparing for that. And when you look at some of the gold medals, like there's a Levecki, the swimmer, got beat by the Aussie girl, mm. right? Um, you know, and then, like, the, the top, she's been preparing five years. The Aussie girl's been preparing five years. A year ago, she wouldn't have been ready to do that race. Wow. She needed this extra year, but she's been preparing for five years to do that race. Her coach has said, uh, and, and, I mean, you see the admiration for both of them when you see the interviews that they do together. And I think his reaction to her win has gone viral. So you see the emotion. And you can't tell. When you see that out of context, you can't tell if it was a good thing that happened or a bad thing that happened from his reaction, right? Because he actually kind of looks quite angry as he's going along and the little lady's trying to corral him. But there's that much emotion. Like we talk about how important it is to – acknowledge your emotions and be able to express them in uh, proper ways and then kind of go, okay, I'm feeling this and kind of not as a, a form of judgment, just but this is how I'm feeling. I'm quite depressed right now. Or I'm feeling like um, the vials, her, one of her things is I'm feeling the weight of the world mm. on her shoulders. Right. And she's a little 
very strong, but she's a little, and she's one person. And to kind of go, oh, honey, I, you know, I feel so bad that you feel the weight of the world in taking all of that on when it's, when you're at your best, you're just doing something that you love. Like I've never led with, I'm a two-time Olympian, blah, blah, blah. And so, I mean, we were in Australia for years before lots of people realized, like, like they knew, like they all wanted me to coach. I want you to coach my kids. You like, you know, I got lots of, oh, can you coach? And yeah, yeah. But, and, and then they'd sort of find out that I was going to go, oh, it all makes sense now. Because <laughs> I didn't lead with that. That's not kind of, you know, and when you, then people, and even when I hear people read my bio and you're going, oh, this is, that sounds really cool. And then, oh, that's me. There's this kind of this party that goes, oh, I, I didn't even know I did all that stuff in a way because you're kind of, for me, I was doing it because I loved it. And I loved, I had some opportunities in individual events, but I loved the team stuff and trying to work together as a team to do it. Mm. Right. And, and yeah. as an individual athlete, you still have a team. Like you look at the swimmers, they have their individual event, but they've got their teammates that swim other events. Some swim the same events and they've got coach. So you still have a team around you. When you look at marriage, it's a team. When you look at, even when you go to have kids, it's a, it's a team stuff. You go to work, you're in a team and they may not call them the, that as a team. It might be a work group or whatever, but it's, it's in essence that you're trying to put together a team and go towards, you know, same goals. As a family, my husband's goals were one thing. So how do I support him with his work? How do we get our kids doing, going after the things that are best for them? What's the bent that God has them on? But you're still, it's all, without a team, you don't go anywhere. And the other thing is, we're not always good at being truthful with ourselves. And when you think as an athlete, part of that is you push through physical pain be, to get yourself to the next level. In some ways, that's how your body muscles grow and get stronger and faster. But sometimes you get injured and you still try to push through the pain and you trick your brain, your body into thinking you're okay and you're good enough to perform and you do stuff and decades later you kind of go maybe that wasn't the smartest way to do it because now I got this limp or something you know but and same when you're competing someone well I'm better than them right and or, or I'm not as tired as they are or I'm gonna get them this time and so and some of that you need to have that you need to kind of be able to back yourself in certain situations, but you need to also be able to do it in a healthy way. And you need to read the accurate way. It's like, so for me in the beginning, I didn't, I didn't read, I'd be playing a, as a 12 year old playing a 14 year old boy. And I get mad when I lose and be a really poor loser about it. For myself, it wasn't unless an adult came in and kind of sat me down, like, what is going on here? Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Cause that's really poor behavior. So there's that side, but then going, do you realize he's this tall and this strong and this fast, whatever? And actually you made him work really hard. Like be realistic here. You're, you didn't beat him today, but you know what? Even when he, two years from now, when he's 16, you're 14, you'll probably beat him. But you just need that growth. And like, you know, you need to control your emotion here. And when he starts to get some of that, don't lose it, you know, keep composed and, you know, and so without someone pointing that out, I would have probably stayed this angry little rocket pocket rocket thing, right? 
something happens, shoot off, right? And so, so how much uh, how much do you think that they have that that character development plays a role in being an Olympian, an Olympic level like you were? I think it's the foundation. Mm. And, and partly because to be a successful, for me, the way I'm, I've learned to describe successful, it's not just about your sporting career. Because one of the things I faced at 34 years old or whatever it was, right, is retirement. And I'm thinking I was young. And at that point, I was an older athlete. You know, whereas lots of teammates are 25, 26 when they're retiring and lots of athletes are that age. And you kind of not that you're being told you're washed up. Like some people are. They're saying you're not good enough now. And you're being told that, you know, some 20 something that you're done. Right. Not your Mm. choice. Or you get a horrific injury and that cuts your career short. Right. Uh, Or, you know, something happens for a reason. You have to get out of sport. I was, I got to choose my retirement. And even though I got to choose it, you've identified as an athlete for so long and in such an intense way that all of a sudden it's like, I still got a lot of life to live. And if I don't have good character moving forward, right, that's not a good thing. The other thing is that, again, because there's so much life to live, that if I can only get my identity from having been an athlete, you're in big trouble. And that's where you see a lot of trouble with especially pro athletes that get a lot of money, their lifestyle totally changes. And then all of a sudden, you know, it comes to an end and they don't handle the retirement well. And there's so many stories about that and they go bankrupt and marriages fall apart and they don't get on track. There's, you know, different kinds of addictions. Um, And so it's about, and one of the, where we were really fortunate we had Harold Minden as our sports psychologist, our team psychologist, and he worked with other teams as well with the Canadian program. But his message to us was, and this is God's message to us, you are good enough. You're a gold medal just the way you are. So this next game that you go to play, it's just another game. Now, it's also the most important game you've ever played in your life. But it is just another game. And whether you get the gold medal or not, you're still the same person and you're still worthy. You're still valuable and you are important. And if you don't, if you can't, um, if you can't get to that point, there's always going to be an angst and a hurt as you try to move forward. And then you're trying to fill that hole with something else as you move forward. And at this point, there tends to be a lot of dysfunction with people trying to fill that hole with the wrong things. If you can develop your character along the way as you go, you're, you set yourself up to be successful in life. And we're really here to live life fully. Mm. We're here to love more. So start by loving ourselves because that's how we can love others better. to lead ourselves better so that we can also lead others better and be led by other people better as well because if we learn some of the leadership things we're okay with others leading us we're okay to say i need help in this area like i'm trying to build a website i quickly discovered i could not do that on my own now given covid and everything else i have to make some money so i can pay someone to do that but i know that is not my in my 
ability. And that's again where we need coaches and and with sport, it's like a pressure cooker, right? Because you you condense, there's this intensity about being involved in sport where you can learn. And for ages, we've been saying sport is a great place to develop character because it's its own, it's, it's, it, you can put all these life things that you need to do, whether it's in family or work or your recreation, and you can get it in this sport environment and it's a little bit of a pressure cooker and you get the opportunity to learn those things and people expect it to get that that's what's going to happen in sport a little bit you're going to lose sometimes you're going to win sometimes you know we're and we're you know we're going to make you work hard and you're going to you're going to hurt sometimes and sometimes you're going to be the go-to person and sometimes you're not and and so there's this really great opportunity to learn those character things and when you look at the, the character, it's about how truthful are we being with what are the best qualities to have. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of the ones I think what one will want to was resilience and integrity. And, and partly that if we aren't, if we don't have integrity, and by that, I simply mean that I'm going to say what I'm going to do, and then I do it. Because so many people have good intentions. And I know I have good intentions, but sometimes I, I don't get to see my sons as often. And so I'm kind of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to write them a note today and just tell them how much I respect them as the young men they're going into. Blah, 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 blah. And then the day gets busy and I don't do it. And then it goes a few more days. That's a really great intention. But then they feel like I haven't talked to them for a week. Like, you know, why haven't you talked? Like, you know, are you thinking of, right? So if I don't take that intention and put it into action, and for me, that's integrity that I, and, and being in, integral with ourselves to go, like for me to go, oh, I'm not depressed in this moment. But if I am, I'm, my, my subconscious knows I'm lying, right? And so it sees that little lie and it's to be true to myself and be truthful to myself so that I have integrity within, because then it's when that's when I can share it. So again, the things that I'm talking about developing and, in, and to be resilient, we have to know that we can do hard things. And the only way we can do hard things is to take our intention and say, people say, I'm gonna start this business or I'm gonna start, I'm gonna lose weight this year. And so we start with this great intention, mm-hmm. but then we don't do, the, and, and sometimes we say hard work and I think that we say hard work because what we do is we set the goal too big in the beginning because as humans we've got this thing about we predict more what we can do in the short term like we think that we can do more in the short term than we really can but then we cut ourselves short of what we can accomplish in the long term if I had said yes. I'm going to be an Olympian and I'd expected to make it by the 1980 Olympics there is no way but because I had time to develop and grow and learn a lot of things and find the right coaches yes, and do develop some of the right character qualities to become a team captain, because that wouldn't have been me. They would have voted me team captain at 10 because I'd have beat them up if they didn't, not because I should have been the captain, right? Mm. <laughs> but then I became team captain in school and stuff because I was earning that right. I'd earned their trust. I'd earned their respect. I was doing the work myself. I never asked 
of teammates them to do anything that I wasn't doing. You know, I noticed when people's birthdays were, you know, I cared about them as people first and as teammates first. And then we just dealt with the wins and losses as they came, you know, and as we went through puberty together and, you know, all the hormone things all together, we just became sisters and sport became such a fun thing. And so as my character became a character with integrity, then I was capable of being a captain and being a good captain. But without that, I would have been less and I would have done less. And so I would have gone not as far, but it was, wow. it's all about character. And that's wow. where I feel for these, these generations that, you know, the generations that we're bringing up now and where my heart is, is to, you know, instill in them, number one, you're valued just where you are at right now. And that value isn't going to change no matter how we change your external bits. We want to change those because I see more for you, but that integral value is there and God's put that in there and he's got certain ways he wants that filled. Guys, hopefully you guys are getting all these good nuggets because I'm going to have to go through this interview again and make sure I write them down because I'm just like soaking it all up because she said, she said a lot of good nuggets in there. And one of them, like, if you want to be like a team captain, she said something very important is making sure that your team knows that you value them. Even though her teammates were like, look, I don't want, I wouldn't want to compete against you, Deb. But they were glad she was on the team. Well, they glad they were glad she was on the team because she made them feel good to be part of the team. That takes, that takes some skills in and of itself. For me personally, I had to learn those things <laughs> growing up because uh, I was Mr. Lone Wolf and everything else like that. And then I wonder why people wouldn't gravitate toward me to be like in leadership. But when someone started showing me, i.e. a mentor and a coach, like, hey, you know, make sure you recognize this, make sure you recognize that ask for their help and assistance, uh, hey, show them like appreciation, like when they do something great, you recognize it, even though you're a part of the same team, you're developing a relationship, you're developing value between each other, and guess what, that builds cohesiveness. But uh, I really wanted to, before we, uh, before we end uh, the program today, can you tell us a little bit more about discovering uh, the Olympian within, and uh, what that's all about and what, how our folks can be a part of what, what you're doing in it. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, the, I suppose the biggest thing for me about Discover the Olympian, and I've tried to keep it simple, because as humans, we're quite complex and life throws all this stuff at us, right? So my basic formula is A plus B equals C, where A is about self-awareness and that we've got to get so that we're truthful, accurate, and complete about who we are. And so I've got a whole package that's around that. But step one, I've got a worksheet and a video that I've prepared for your listeners so that they can sort of get in on that. And it's just a bit that a fun way to kind of start to look at who you are. Because I know when I first filled out a worksheet like that back as a young, uh, you know, uni kid, and doing it was like, I was very one-sided. It was all sport things and things related to sport. 
support that were on my list of 20 kids, right? And so I had no balance. I had anyway. So, but so A is is really getting down and nitty gritty into who are you, Ace. And then B is mess, M-E-S-S, which stands for mental, emotional, spiritual skills. Right? So it's taking that as a package so that it complements any physical training that you're doing. And I know I've where I'm kind of niching in some ways is young female athletes, but this does work for everybody. Um, so like with masses, but it's looking at sort of the, the psychological side of your development and, and pairing it with physical things. Now, if someone was to join up and is, you don't have to be on the, the road to being an Olympian because some of the things are simply self high fives and little physical motions and what we call triggers, right? Things that help us to trigger things um, in terms of, but sort of looking at the, the mental, emotional, spiritual side of what are those skills? I've identified sort of what I felt are the most important skills in that realm to be developing that equals C. And what I've got to see is the dream, whatever your dream and dreams, dream really with an S for dreams. Because again, we're complex people. And yes, I had a dream to be an Olympian, but it wasn't. And as after I got there and kind of realized, it's not just about that. It's also about other things. And so like with marriage and family and, and, and now for me, it's about how can I help this people now with what I've learned and lived through and taught to other people, how can I reach people better? and help them to see the one, the value that they have. I want for people to really believe in themselves um, and know that they don't have to do it alone, that having a team is really the way we're supposed to do it. God wants us to be in fellowship. He wants us to be in teams. We have to know that people have our back. And so that's what I want Discover the Olympian within to be about, helping you learn about yourself not in a selfish way, but in a way that then allows you that just through living how you want to live, your, your overflow is going to touch people. Mm -hmm. There's a package of mental, emotional, spiritual skills that everyone is able to train. Every person has an Olympian within them. Their arena may not be sport. It might be fine arts, whether that's art or music or acting or like whatever or engineering you know the science everyone's got that person in them and I want them to have the courage which is actually a muscle courage is just like a bicep you've got to train it you've got to train courage you've got to train resilience you've got to train resourcefulness and if we can train in those things right you're going to develop those muscles and become a um, a more rounded person. So you're going to be able to love more, lead better and live fully, not just for yourself, but for all those around you. And that's just going to make the world a better place. Mm. I love that. I love that courage is a muscle and we need to work on it. it and it's so true. It is so true. And yeah. man, we could talk, we could talk for about another hour, but <laughs> I know well, and if I could bring up a point on that, yeah, 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 yeah. Because one of the things I wanted to make sure is that conversations, mm. it's important to have conversations. And so for you and me, as we share, we might differ a little bit on something, 
but is that we're willing to share ideas and bounce them back and forth. And in that way, we both grow and it helps us because our learning isn't done. We're never as, you know, like people, oh, you're, you know, you're too long ago. I have so much to learn. <laughs> you know, it's like nice. I'm still on a journey. And it's to be able to have conversations, be honest about how you're feeling, where you're at, and what you're trying to do, and be open to the learning that is there that's able to happen. And that commit, decide ahead of time that the conversation continues. So, yeah, we've had this conversation, but I know you and I, we're going to, behind the scenes, we're going to do some more talking about leadership and we're going to run into people and go, Joe, I'm dealing with this guy in the military. I, I've not lived that world, but I know you have. And to go, because you talked about being a lone wolf and like with um, no, PTSD. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. So part of that, God wired us so that when we get into strife, we right where you fight flight and now we have freeze right everyone talks about fight and flight yeah okay but now we're at this point where we've got people and freeze as opposed to do one or the other but mm -hmm. god and partly why there's pts in so many things there's obviously the military we've seen that but we're learning with postpartum depression for women with babies that we're seeing it it's because initially god made our body so that we can react to the stress and we can get away from danger, whether that means we fight or we flight or we freeze, right? But, but so we haven't dealt with the trauma. We've survived the trauma, mm -hmm. but now we need to, you're still going to need to deal with it. And that's the way to do it is conversations and safe conversations where it's okay to talk about those things. Yeah, we've shared some stuff today and for people to want to, if it if it doesn't exactly fit what you think, be open to talking about it more. Don't just stop the conversation there. There's so much more to be learned. So just keep having those conversations. Know that you have choices. You don't have to totally agree with all the things that I've said or think, mm -hmm. why did you pick these skills as the mental, emotional, spiritual skills? Why didn't you pick one of that? So, well, from my experience, if I deal with these first, that puts us way ahead of the game. But yeah, we actually do need to do, do these other ones too, but just in terms of packaging it so it fits a business model, you can't chunk them all in right now. Mm -hmm. No, it, and people right now, the biggest thing that I know that um, businesses, uh, even in the military, they're now understanding the importance of soft skills. And the soft skills is all the mental uh, skills, the resilience, emotional intelligence. And if uh, we can master those things within ourselves, we become a better asset to whatever organization that we're working with, mm -hmm. especially teams, because that, that actually drives and helps produce better results, whether it's a, a sales company or a service company or even in athletics. Yeah. If you, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not mentally squared up in the, in the, in the head, you're only gonna to go to a certain level of success. Yeah, completely. And that, that's what I've gotten out of this conversation is that talent is talent is talent. Even uh, Michael Jordan, you know, he had all the talent in the world, but until he was able to understand the importance of teamwork with Scottie Pippen and the other 
other teammates, then they became champions. Yeah, and that was Phil Jackson coming in and speaking yeah. to him and going, here's what has happened. Exactly. Another part for him is he was gifted to a point and hadn't done any uh, very disciplined weight program, strength development program, finally got to a finals and they lost and he went, I just wasn't physically strong enough. I was weak. I meant to do the shot and I couldn't get it to the hoop. Mm -hmm. And then he went out and got another coach to help with his strength program. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love you said to learn about himself. Yeah. Because leaders, like we we heard it, we've heard it before with John John Maxwell. He says leaders are continual Mm -hmm. learners. Mm. And even he says he's still learning. Yeah. And we we think like, oh, he's like the pinnacle. But he's like, look, I'm always learning something new. He's always learning something new from the people that he meets, even from his the people that he works with in his own organization, the younger folks. The, you know, the whippersnappers. Yeah. Well, the, with <laughs> you know? his podcast, like you listen to the people he starts to bring in as people hadn't met yet, but he read their book and he went, whoa, I need to learn more from this person. And I'm saying most respectful way saying this, like he's older now. So he's one of the older, he's still very, very active and still leading and doing things. Mm-hmm. But there's not many people that are going to be older than him to, to feed into him now. And so mm-hmm. he's learning, he sees that he can learn from anybody. Yeah. You know, exactly. he talks about learning from his great grandkids, you know, he, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Uh, it, and, it, and it makes sense. It makes sense that back in the day, when, if I were to hear something like that, oh, I got to continually learn why. And that was my immaturity and not understanding that, you know what, learning can be fun. And, and I had to, I had to go, I had to go through some stuff to actually learn that. And somebody's like, look, it's not bad to keep to continue to learn because as you learn, you grow. And then guess what? As you learn and grow, you can help others. And, and that's what I love that you're doing, that you, you have your program to, 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 to discover the Olympian within, because I, I, I would imagine that is this, if this is a true statement, if you had somebody like you come into your life when you were 14 or 15 and to actually hone your talent through coaching, I you I would imagine you probably went to the Olympics a lot earlier. Yeah, hopefully. I mean that, and I, when I think about all that, it's like that's partly what I know I can help people do is shorten the time to learn what some of those skills are. You know, because okay. you try stuff as an athlete, but it, a lot of it's not on purpose, and you don't kind of realize what it is that you're doing. Like you know, you watch athletes on TV, so you see the basketball guy; they bounce it so many times deep breath and then they do the shot so they're using a breathing technique like so I tried that not thinking I'm doing this technique because you know you're just mimicking what you see the high level people do Mm -hmm. and you hope you pick the right behavior that's going to move you on because you see some that aren't the right behavior Mm -hmm. oh man oh man and and that's why mentors are so important eh? because they short circuit the length of time it takes you to get to other things you know and exactly exactly making the time shorter for the learning curve and that's why i love coaching coaching is is a shortcut but i don't know i don't want to use shortcut uh because sometimes people think shortcuts are bad but in reality if if you want to get to your level of success or your goal faster coaches and mentors are the way to go yeah and that's why i have deb on because she knows she's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt and got some medals as well <laughs> to prove it. 
and she has success in that arena. And guys, that's why I highly recommend her. And Deb, Debbie, before we go, um, how can they reach out to you uh, to get the video that you are offering for that first part of the A plus B plus C? Yeah, my email is Deb, so D-E-B, Barnett, B-A-R-N-E-T-T. So it's got the two Bs in it, D-E-B-B-A-R-N-E-T-T, at discovertheolympianwithin.com. So that's my email. And then if they just put the code on the mic, that's it. And just use that as the code in the email they send back. But in the, in the short term, we can do that. They just send me an email. I'll send them the video. So the video just talks through a little bit how to do the worksheet and why we do that worksheet. And then it's got the worksheet. And then if they send that back to me, we'll take the next step. Outstanding. So yeah. the, the email address is Deb Barnett, uh, D-E-B-B-A-R-N-E-T-T at discovertheolympianwithin.com. Use the code Joe on the mic and she will send you the short video with the worksheet. And she, guys, uh, I've known her for over a year. Her heart is so towards developing leaders. Uh, whether Now, you just work with uh, athletic people or can, can you work with anybody who wants to grow? No, I can work with anybody who wants to grow. Outstanding, outstanding. So and before we go, Deb, do you have any last words for the audience before we uh, end, the, end the podcast? Well, simple, right? Love more, lead better, live fully. Outstanding, outstanding. And Deb, thank you again for coming on so early in the morning in Australia. <laughs> oh, it's all right now. The sun's up now. Oh. <laughs> Started no, in the dark, but the sun's no. up now. <laughs> no, we're, we're at four something, four, uh, 4.30, almost 4.30 our time. Yeah. So we're ending our day and thank you so much for coming on and blessing us with your time. And you know what? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what you're going to be doing with the discover of the Olympian within and how and look, she's already helped so many people. She's blessed us as well with her just a uh, winning attitude, her courageous spirit, the character that she has, you know, and, and beyond just being an Olympian, just being the character that she is. And I know if any of you guys go to her for coaching, go to her for mentoring, you're going to be tremendously blessed and come out with a, a championship attitude on the other end. So again, thank you, Deb, for coming on. <laughs> thank you, Joe. appreciate you so much. You guys have a blessed day. And like I always tell you guys, have a positive expectation of God's goodness in your life each and every day. God bless, guys.